and welcome to PMW's News Shorts, the bite-sized podcast from Performance Marketing World, where the editorial team gets behind the scenes of the news and views from the industry. Today, we are talking all about the Super Bowl and its main event, the advertising. And to talk us through this, we have Joe Arthur, our new news reporter, who spoke to a panel of marketing experts to get their predictions for the event. And we are now here to tell you what came true and what actually makes an ad to remember for $7 million. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? G'day, Lucy. I'm not too bad. Uh, I'm excited to be here making my podcast debut. Podcast debut, indeed. So, yeah, tell us, what, what were the predictions and which ones came true? So uh, the experts had a few predictions after chatting to them and they were pretty bang on across the board, really. So the big ones were uh, an expectation that the $7 million cost of a 30 second ad was going to be an investment. A lot of brands look to split between them to save some money. So co-branding was something that was predicted and it was something we saw a lot across the ads. The same goes for looking at sort of multiple screens, creating a campaign that can engage viewers beyond just TV. So using QR codes to get people looking at a mobile phone, maybe to a link. That was something we saw a lot of as well. That was made quite popular last year with the Coinbase ad as well. Yeah, Coinbase launched it first and it got so many engagements that uh, the website actually crashed. So there was less of that this year. People were more prepared, but that was certainly a theme that immediately uh, it was expected was going to be utilized a lot this year. So that wasn't super surprising to see. Um, a couple of the other predictions was that social media and TikTok in particular, the experts um, predicted that we'd see a fair bit of that sort of blueprint across the, the ads, whether it was for TikTok itself or sort of utilizing their memes and dances and challenges within an advert to try and engage the sort of younger generations who might be tuning into the Super Bowl for the first time. Uh, and we can talk about that a little bit later. There were some interesting results, but, uh, one of the big predictions, which, came true was uh, the fact that the crypto winter uh, very much meant that a lot of those platforms couldn't afford to to get a slot. So we didn't see many crypto advertising, which was a big shift la- uh, compared to last year because crypto was everywhere. And I guess another thing that came back this year that everyone was looking out for was, uh, well, the return of M- the M&M's spokes candies, because a lot of people do utilize celebrities but as uh, John Evans came on the Attention Seekers podcast to talk about, you cannot beat a mascot. You can hear John Evans talk about the M&M's stunt in this clip here from our Attention Seekers Super Bowl special. Now, the reason it got on my skin was because like, in, in the work that I do, we, we value and measure different brands, advertising, innovation, characters, that sort of thing. I know for a fact that the M&M's characters are like one of the most successful characters that have ever existed. And we've done so much work to prove that those characters drive uh, awareness, they drive emotion, they drive memorability of their advertising. In fact, they're one of the most successful Super Bowl advertisers of all time. Thanks for that, John. Yeah, he was great with some of his insights in the article as well. But um, no, you're right. The, The sort of mascots or you know the the i guess the industry term is affluent device character um are those sort of very popular cartoony characters that you know brands and, and viewers sort of associate that brand with those those characters and of course a big one was yeah m&m's they're back for good ad right at the end of the game 
reintroduced their spokes candies um, in a sort of press conference after they were getting a fair bit of flack on social media M&Ms for for sort of getting rid of those spokes candies earlier on they had an advert in the game that didn't feature them and that was being talked about across socials so um, yeah as John said they're really compared to the use of celebrities and animals which are very popular and we saw a lot of this year a lot of it was successful too the idea of those fluent device characters, they really can separate you from a crowd. One example of a successful celebrity um, and the impact on the company, which I thought was really interesting, was Rihanna, actually, in the halftime show. So even though this wasn't a 30-second ad slot, just in the middle of the show, she gets a touch-up on her makeup from her own, using a compact from her own beauty brand. And that... I don't know, five seconds of her putting on apparently got her 5.6 million in earned media for Fenty Beauty in the 12-hour period. I mean, it shows you how powerful the Super Bowl is in terms of like, exposure and viewers watching it. Uh, there is an immediate response. So, I mean, Rihanna, that amazing performance, it's a really good way to get engagement straight away. <laughs> Uh, I think brands would be struggling to find something quite so compelling, but I guess that's what they're attempting to do. Mm. And so, but who who wasn't there? What what didn't we see at the Super Bowl? Yeah, this was interesting. I think obviously crypto weren't there. There was less tech, but that was all expected. Um, people were talking about social media platforms were going to make a mark, but the experts weren't super sure how. Um, TikTok, for example, a big one, wasn't actually featured in the Super Bowl ads in terms of uh, the app itself didn't take out an ad. But a lot of other brands utilized um, TikTok's memes and, and trends and dances and challenges within their advertising. And that was interesting. It was an interesting uh, approach. And it's not something that people talked about a whole lot beforehand. And I suppose it just shows that brands tried to find a way to engage with the younger generations watching the Super Bowl. Um, and they very much did that. It, it seemed reasonably successful for those few advertisers. Um, who put those challenges and dances into their adverts. Um, and so, again, coming back to the need to have a campaign that's cross-platform, multi-screens, QR codes, social media engagement, uh, that's going to be the way of the future, it looks like. I mean, what a win for TikTok. They didn't even need to have an ad because everyone else was using their platform outside like of... TikTok's just constantly existing in people's ether. I think it's sort of top of mind. Did you see this TikTok? Oh, did you see this trend without people actually... I guess because that's the other thing. It's not just about what happens in the 30-second ad slots. It's what happens outside of that. So in the lead-up, you know, for example, the M&Ms pulling the stunt where they got rid of their mascots for Maya Rudolph, the actress, mm -hmm. instead. And then the same with TikTok or brands using social media to augment the the ad slot themselves. Any way to get people talking in a way, you know, it's great to build hype beforehand, but then afterwards, any way that's going to keep people talking about their brand, that's what marketers are trying to achieve. So we've seen the predictions, we've seen who wasn't there, but what works? What were the strategies that worked and what didn't? Yeah, so these insights um, at, at PMW, we utilised System 1 uh, and they have a sort of pretty technical rating system um, out of up to 5.9 stars that we utilise to gauge success of an advert uh, and it's, it's pretty reliable. So I think the biggest thing was this idea of co-branding ventures. Uh, they need work. They need some tinkering. There wasn't a lot of success for those brands that... Uh, went forward with that. And although the in investment was split, there's something to be said for, you know, a three and a half million dollar 
slot as opposed to seven million dollars is it worthwhile if the quality of the message within the ad doesn't quite hit the audience the way it should you know? I guess then you probably don't even instead of remember you just don't remember either brand in a way because it's confused message. you talk about this need I mean there's however many super ads during the Super Bowl how many can people remember you know after the game probably only four or five and if there's one where people aren't sure if it's an ad for Bud Light or Cause, uh, they're gonna they're gonna struggle to recall that after the game. So- I think that's the correct stat. Actually, um, John Evans mentioned it in the podcast. He said that out of the eighty ads, it was five to seven are remembered from people that have seen them, which I thought was, you know, almost high in a way. Oh, I mean, I was very, like, entrenched in trying to remember ads, knowing I was going to be writing about it the following day. <laughs> and I could only recall the damn M&M's thing, which I saw right at the end. So I had to keep going back. So I think that's absolutely right. It does It does even seem a little bit high. But, uh, yeah, so co-branding, it needs some tinkering, but I think it's something we'll see more of in future and, and they'll sort of iron out some of those issues because a way to split such an expensive investment is worthwhile. Um, looking at again. So that was really interesting. Um, The other thing that was really interesting is the use of uh, celebrities and animals. Across the top five to ten most successful ads, all of them either had celebrities or animals, sometimes both. And that's really, really popular among almost all Super Bowl ads. And I think a lot of marketers get trapped in this sort of expectation where if they put a celebrity in their ad or they use a cute little furry friend they're going to get great engagement. And what we found is celebrities, animals, they're great, but you need something else. You need something else to separate yourselves from the crowd and make sure that your ad isn't just one that is in and out of people's mind in the blink of an eye. Um, And the best way to separate that we found is quality storytelling. Ultimately, that's what it all comes back to. Um, People did love this year, uh, nostalgia and cultural references so john travolta for a t-mobile ad um, did a rendition of summer nights from the famous movie greece uh, with a t-mobile theme that did really really well but some of the most popular and the most talked about ad was actually from an organic dog food company Um, and it was their first it was their super bowl debut and it was all in-house advertising which a lot of people thought maybe wouldn't compete with the bigger brands but it actually got, according to 50IO, who are sort of audience engagement experts, uh, the most mentions across measurable platforms out of all the ads of the Super Bowl. And they basically just had took us through the journey of uh, anyone who owns a dog would be familiar with, from a puppy through to when they grow a little bit older. And their whole message was, you know, buy organic dog food and your dog will live a long life and be able to spend time with the family. And just that sort of storytelling that tugs at the heartstrings, that we saw a couple of times in the the most successful adverts and that's really the way to separate yourselves. So sometimes it's just simplicity is key, isn't it? Yeah, you've got to be creative. You can't just dump Will Ferrell into an ad and expect Mm. it to hit. You've got to (laughs) dump Will Ferrell into an ad and give him a story to, you know, to tell that it's going to get people engaged or come up with, you know, another popular one was uh, people love animals dancing. So get a popular musician singing a, you know, a, a spoof or a parody of a popular song and, get some animals in there having a boogie and and that gets pretty good returns. So it's just celebs and animals are great, but you need something to separate it from the crowd, whether that is a a parody song, a callback to, you know, a a pop culture reference or storytelling really hits. I mean, we saw a five-star ad from Disney that was all about storytelling for their 100-year anniversary, which is is coming up, and and that really um, got viewers engaged. Absolutely, because I guess with the thing with celebrities is that they don't, 
solely represent that brand. They have their own career. They might have other partnerships. So people don't see them and think Pepsi or, you know, whatever no, there's brand an expectation it expectation for the Super Bowl in particular that they're going to see celebrities. So it's not like it doesn't have the same wow factor. Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. Well, Joe, thanks for coming on today and telling us all about what happened at the Super Bowl. Thanks for having me on, Lucy. Uh, if you want to find out more, head to our site at performancemarketingworld.com where you can read Joe's article. Uh, and if you want to listen to our latest episode of Attention Seekers with John Evans from System One, don't forget to sign up as well at performancemarketingworld.com and join us for our next Attention Seekers episode next Monday. Mm-hmm.